You're listening to Sunnyside Up, a B2B podcast that brings together real-world insights to help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we bring you the best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I am your host, Nitesh, and today I'm super excited to talk to Laurent on every salesperson should be a leader. Laurent, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm also very excited to be here. Absolutely. So, Lauren, before we move on to the topic for today's podcast, I would like you to introduce yourself to our audience. If you can give a short bio about who exactly Lauren is. Yeah, great. So, my, my goal is actually to balance people and business in a way where we can accelerate the business, but still having a lot of fun and, and really caring about the people that are contributing to, to that work. And so over the past about 20 years, I've been mostly involved in sales and marketing. I started my career in marketing for HP, where I was as an assistant, basically doing a lot of projects across internal marketing, PR, advertising, you name it. And, uh, and then I moved into the hospitality sector where I uh, worked out of Spain and Egypt. And that was also the first time that I was really rewarded for my sales activities. So I was, uh, I had a quota. I was uh, living off uh, the commissions for every excursion and other activity I was selling to uh, the tourists that uh, would travel to our hotel. And then when I went back to Belgium, I worked for a startup in the commercial department. I was, I think, employee number 11. We were selling different types of solutions so from track and trace solutions of, of assets and vehicles to planning tools to, to really engage your, your field teams in a much more efficient way. And so like it is in a startup, you, you kind of touch up a little bit on, on everything. So I was, I was doing the marketing campaigns. I was signing up new partners. I was doing account management, project management, being a business developer and so on. And then after a couple of years, I was uh, contacted by Microsoft. And so for the last 14 years, I've been part of the, the Microsoft team. The first part of my career was uh, out of the Belgium Luxembourg subsidiary. There I did a variety of roles from partner sales to uh, solution sales, sales management, a lot in the infrastructure and in, in the data platform world. And then uh, six years ago, I moved to the, the headquarter to join the field marketing team, the global field marketing team, first for Internet of Things and Advanced Analytics. And so um, it was my responsibility to land our go-to-market strategy with our field teams and help them execute so that we could grow the business. And then for the last, I think now a little more than three years, I'm leading the, the field marketing team for business applications. When we, we think about business applications, so the old world, we will talk about CRM and, uh, and ERP. But Microsoft is trying to disrupt a little bit the way we think about business applications moving forward. And so it's my role to land the go-to-market strategy, to establish the, the right vehicles and engines and programs to, to really help us grow this business to, to new heights. And so with that, I'm also engaging a lot in, in packaging up our value proposition so that sellers can be super effective in the conversations they are having with, with our, our customers. So that's a little bit about myself. Well, thank you so much, Laurent, for uh, giving an insight uh, into your uh, professional journey. It was quite varied experience, I can say, into sales and marketing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, indeed. So 
I think that's one of the things. I'm, maybe it's my luck in a way that uh, in my career path, I've made different choices to jump from, from pure marketing into business development, into sales, into sales management, and then going back to more kind of the strategy and, and product marketing. And that is actually serving me every single day because that the variety of, of, of experiences. And I think in, in the world today, you see more and more kind of that blend of sales and marketing coming together and having been kind of at both fronts helps me every day. And I always say here internally, I say I'm, I'm actually a seller in a marketing job. So it's quite interesting from my end. Thank you. So Laurent, coming to our topic today, that every salesperson should be a leader. Tell me more, what exactly you mean by that? Yeah. So first of all, yes, every salesperson should be a leader. And, and in my opinion, every good salesperson is already a leader. Now, the, the first thing we should clarify is, is what do we mean by leader? It's a buzzword today. And I want to make sure we are talking about the same thing. So the, the other day I was on the internet looking at what the definition of a leader. And so interestingly enough, the first picture I saw was that one of the president of the United States. Now, I don't want to go into any political debate here, but it was not necessarily who I had in mind. So in fact, I, I'm not really thinking about political leaders or, or titles, people heading up departments or organizations. No, I'm more thinking about the qualities of leadership. So like personal leadership and, and, and what it really takes for an individual to be a leader. And I believe that everybody can become a leader. Some have maybe a little bit more of the, of the skill sets and talent from the get-go, but I think everybody can, can be taught to everyone. I don't think that everybody wants to be a leader, but at least we all should be kind of developing our own personal leadership skills. So when I think about the leader, I think about someone who deeply cares about people. Someone is not necessarily putting herself before others because in the end it is not really about you it's about them when you think about leadership and so a leader is, is someone who will inspire people empower them to do more a leader will develop a shared vision on how we can drive change and what the plan is to get there and then they will lead that change and they will guide you from point a to point b and so i believe that everybody of us has, has already or knows some some of the folks that really embody those leadership uh, qualities that truly inspire you. And, and I'm very fortunate that I can engage on a daily basis with a lot of strong leaders within even my department, uh, within my organization, but also outside and, and in my life. But at the same time, I've also come across a number of people that, that actually just care about themselves. And uh, they, they might say the right things, but deep down, like they just... You don't, you don't trust them. And, and I think we all know some, someone like that. Think about it. I'm probably sure that uh, you have also somebody right away uh, top of mind when, when, when you hear that. So the interesting thing is that the other day I was in, um, is in, a, in a car dealership because I wanted to buy a car. So just for, the, for the, the history, I'm an Audi driver. My mom used to work for uh, Audi and Volkswagen. So I was like, from, from the get-go, always an Audi driver. But recently, I decided to move to BMW. So I was doing a lot of research online to see, okay, what, what do I want? Inform myself. And I knew exactly what I wanted before even uh, walking into the dealership. So I went to the dealership near me and uh, I explained to the sales rep which model I was interested in and why. And so I immediately said, okay, here are the keys. Go do a test drive. So I was really ha happy with that. I came back and I, I shared a little bit of my point of view and kind of what I was expecting from a pricing perspective. And so the negotiation could start uh, right away. And so after a few minutes, that person said like, hey, you know what, I'm going to get my manager. And there comes this 50-year-old 
man that, that immediately wants to kind of create some rapport with me, kind of setting me at ease. And then he starts to do a little bit of a play with all those numbers. But you know, the thing is like at no moment, I felt any trust in that man. And the reason for that was because he, he truly didn't care about me. He was just caring about making the sale. And the, the worst thing about this experience was that he was not even genuine about the numbers that he was showing. He was kind of playing a game with manufacturing discounts, which by the way, every dealer just gives as such. So going to another car dealership, bought another car with a seller that at least cared about me, served me to, to help me through the purchasing process. And in the end, I'm, I'm happy now BMW driver. But the thing is, we should never forget that people buy from people that they trust. And the trust is, is not just being built by itself. Like you need to own it. You need to, you need to deserve it. And you will definitely not build trust if you just care about yourself or if you care about making the sale. And so, so for me, trust starts with, with caring about people inspiring and empowering them and, and creating that vision and guiding them through the change. And in this case, they guided me through the, the, the sales process in, in acquiring this new car. So, but you know what is scary is that there are not a lot of business buyers out there that trust sales reps, even though the majority will say it's, it's critical in their interactions and they are expecting a salesperson to be a trusted advisor. So, so let, me, let me ask you that question, right? How many prospects trust sales reps, do you think? What would be the percentage? Well, that's an interesting question. But before I answer that question, I would like to congratulate you for your BMW <laughs> and your <laughs> experience. Well, personally, with my experience and the people I interact with, I think trust is a very important factor. And uh, you know, there is no percentage, I guess, uh, of how many prospects trust a sales rep. Uh, it can vary depending on what kind of product that particular rep is selling. Yeah, yeah. So that is my prospect. Agreed. I don't think there is, a, there is one number that could kind of cover it all. But I came across an interesting study that HubSpot did and they claimed that it's only 3%. And I was like, what? 3%? Can you imagine? Like, like that's if you would fly from New York to Tokyo in a Dreamliner, you would sit with 10 people in the airplane. That's not a lot of people. And so... I was like, this is a problem. This image, that perception is a problem. And so we need to, we all have a responsibility to change that mindset and to really make sure that we can gain trust of the people that we are doing business with. Continuing with what you're saying, Laurent, I agree with you totally. And, you know, trust is not an easy thing to establish, especially in a short period of time. So let me ask you, how do you build trust? Well, yeah, you're right. Not an easy thing to build because the thing is you can't, you can't claim it. You can't ask people, trust me. You have had engagements with people like I, the, the other day I was a, with a sales rep and he said like, trust me, I've been 25 years in this business. I know what I'm talking about. I'm like, really? That doesn't mean anything to me. That's not the reason why I will start trusting you. So for me, in order to earn trust, you need to focus on two things. On the one hand, it's you need to build personal connection while you are establishing your professional credibility. And those two things, they go hand in hand. So, so, so let's dive a little bit deeper on that topic. Connection. To me, that is all about showing your humanity. You need to be curious about the person, about their business. You need to do your research before even talking to them. Ask questions to understand more about them, their situation, their goals, you name it. You need to do your discovery work. Absolutely. Then you need to be customer obsessed. Like show that you truly care. 
and, and serve them. You are there to serve them. And so make sure that whatever you are saying you are, will do, that you do it and that you are consistent at it. You need to demonstrate this over and over and over again. And it's your actions that will speak for yourself. And then lastly, you need to generate energy and excitement. Every single interaction the customer has with you should be an experience they will remember positively, of course. Yeah, because you are going to spend a lot of time with each other. So at least let's make sure it's not boring that you have some, some elements where you can relate with each other. And so you need to find those ways on like, hey, what, what makes them tick and how can you contribute that and how can you bring also a lot of energy to the conversation? So those are critical elements to build connection and to kind of show your humanity. And so to give you an example, a couple of years ago, I had a, a guy on my team, Johan. He was a natural connector. He was always incredibly positive, always friendly. He made you feel super special in every conversation you had with him. And on top of that, he was an innovator. He saw opportunities everywhere. And so when Johan, he would drive every morning to work or to a customer appointment. And while being on the road, he would call at least five of his contacts for no reason, just to ask them, how are you doing? What's on your mind? How can I help you? And he told me even that of all his connections on LinkedIn, he knew every single person individually. And he would ensure that every year he tried to stay in contact in one way or another. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't know every person on my LinkedIn network. And so the thing was that he was the sales rep with the most opportunities in pipe. He, and then on top of that, he simply got things done because he was always tapping into his large network and more importantly, because he had trust that he earned over the years. And so that's what I really love about kind of an example on, on how building out connections is really critical in what you do. Now, connection is not just the only thing. You also need to have that credibility. And that is by showing your added value in the conversation. So to me, you need to be a subject matter expert. You need to be an advisor. So nowadays, when you think about a buyer, they are going online, they will do their research, they will talk to your competitors. They already know quite a lot about the solution, about the problem statements and so on. But they want to hear from your experience. They want to be able to, to get answers to their questions. They want to feel what value you bring in the conversation. On top of that, you need to be an orchestrator. So really a master at navigating through a process that will need or require a bunch of different stakeholders cross company on the one hand from your company, because typically in, in B2B sales, large complex solutions, a lot of people are involved, but also at, at customer or the prospect side, a lot of people are engaged. Often, sometimes you have third parties uh, engaged as well. And so you need to make sure that you can navigate through the process, make sure you have the right stakeholders at the right time, and that you can even help your customer to navigate the internal purchase process. And then lastly, you need to be a coach. You need to be a soundboard. Like you should empower your people. You should sponsor them. You should maybe even teach them a bunch of new stuff so that they can they can represent. You can help them structure their thoughts. You can help them shape the project. You can help them go and sell the, the project internally. So for me, subject matter expertise, orchestration, and coaching are elements that will, will help to bring in added value and, and really augment your credibility. And so balancing that connection and that credibility is key. And the other day, I was working with a vendor that provides analytics services. And the sales rep was, was incredibly nice. 
organized the meeting, asked me some questions, followed up afterwards, sent me some additional information, but unfortunately wasn't bringing any, any added value in the conversation. And it's only when the subject matter experts from the company came in the conversation that that's where my level of trust started to rise and where we were able to, to really move ahead in the project. So if you ask me, if you want to build trust, you need to build a personal connection while demonstrating your added value to increase your credibility. Interesting. Hearing to you, you know, makes me feel that there is a lot of things our audience can learn from your experience by listening to this podcast. So can you explain how do you enable companies and sales rep to embrace some of those principles? Yeah, great. So, so personally, I was very fortunate to, to have worked with, with a company coach, Andre Pelgrims, and uh, who, he specializes in group dynamics. And he encourages and coaches company to create kind of a change movement from the bottoms up by creating a community of change agents. And so one of the first concepts uh, we worked on was building connection. The first thing in building connection is about building connection with yourself. So being in touch with your interpersonal feelings yourself. And then how can you create kind of that connection with others? And to me, that was an eye-opener. Most of, of the sales trainings, they, they will focus on on, on the credibility part. So like the sales process, the sales techniques, the, the value proposition that you have to offer and, and so on. But it's, it's only after those coaching sessions that I had a couple of like aha moments. Like I noticed that because I was more aware of my interpersonal connection, my own fears, like to give you an example, my early days as a seller, I was afraid to ask the closing question are you going to sign? Like, I, I, I didn't dare to ask that question. And so by being at least aware of, of some of those fears and what it does with you, you, you kind of create that, that interpersonal connection to allow you to, to kind of think about those things in a different way. And then when, when it comes down to how to build connections with other people, I just started to see the type of impact I was creating there. Before, I was that young, eager beaver I wanted to grow my career very fast. I was always, I always stayed true to myself and I was honest and open. But in my interaction, I, I realized that often my communication was, was somewhat aggressive, uh, fueled by my passion, my impatience and so on. And I, and I wasn't aware of the impact I was creating on others. And so, so this, those coaching sessions, they, they opened my eyes and, and, and it, it opened a new world to me and made me aware of, of myself and the effect I had on, on other people. So one of the books that I read because of that is um, Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life by Rosenberg. And it tells you a little bit more about your ability in a nonviolent way to express your needs and to find common ground with the other person and by understanding their needs and kind of finding a way through communication, how you can find that common ground. And it's that type of, of communication principles that actually serve in, even in the sales conversation. Now, to, to answer your question a little bit more specifically, for me, there are two things we need to do, readiness and hiring. So from a readiness perspective, like I said, we, we are focused so much on the sales readiness, the sales training, the process, the, the science of the sales. Great, keep on doing that, but you should add also leadership training on top of that. Many companies will, will provide leadership coaching and training only to their top management. Here at Microsoft, we have extended that to all management. And even more importantly, we are making a lot of that available to the employees. And so in my opinion, 
we should extend leadership trainings to every our employees, especially the ones that are customer facing. The second thing is about hiring. Like we should not just hire for sales experience, but to me, more importantly, we should really focus on leadership qualities. Some of the people have it naturally. And so you want to, you want to attract those and you want to, of course, further develop their skills, hence the readiness. But if we just focus on like, hey, does that person has a lot of sales experience and have they done just the sales around those, those solutions? Great. But if they don't have the, the leadership qualities, they might not be a good seller for your company. And Jack Welch, for instance, he, he was saying like, hey, I'm, I'm hiring for energy. Does that candidate bring energy to the conversation? And more importantly, are they energizing you? And so I, I'm more kind of inclined to start exploring some of those things and prioritize those things because to me, the, the sales, the science of sales, you can, you can teach that. But not having that, that empathy and, and people skills, that humanity, that's a thing that it's hard to teach. You can, but it's hard to teach. So readiness and hiring are definitely, to me, two elements that are critical in order to embrace the, the right focus on, on building also trust in your sales engagements. Laurent, you mentioned that a leader leads change. How would you translate that in a sales situation? Yeah, that's a great question. So where connection and credibility is all about earning the trust, leading change is all about driving success. And so once you have earned that trust, you really need to start to enabling that change within the person you're engaging with, but also the organization. And so in a sales context, that means guiding your customer through their decision process and enabling them to realize the business value. That's why we should be changing. Otherwise, why well, would we? And so there are three things that comes to mind when I'm thinking about leading a change in a sales process. First, focus on the why and create awareness on why they should change, why they should partner with you, why they should buy your solution, why you are so different from the competition and create a desire uh, for them wanting to be part of that change. I think we all have seen Simon Sinek's legendary TED talk about leading with why. If you haven't, go watch it. But this articulates the importance of, of leading with why over what you do. And too often, like even here at Microsoft, we see our people talking about your company and your products and all of that. And it's, no, it's like, why are we doing this? What's the value of, of your solution? And how will this make a difference to your customer? And that brings me to my second point, lead with value. What impact will this change bring to the person and the business of your prospect? And value can be categorized in, in three parts. We have financial, strategic, and personal value. So financial, I think, is, is being the mostly used across the board. We have clear metrics that indicate how you can increase revenue or you can lower expenses. And, and more and more, you also hear about value-based selling. I think there is another podcast about value-based selling. That is definitely a focus that we need to drive in our solution selling and we need to demonstrate the financial impact that, that our solution can bring. But then there is also strategic. And strategic can have multiple forms. It can give you a competitive edge. It can foster companies to, to think about, like, like for instance, initiatives like sustainability. Huge top of mind today. Many, many CEOs of, the, of companies are thinking about prioritizing some of those strategic initiatives because they see also a benefit on, on, on generating longer-term value for their companies. And, and by the way, when you think about, for instance, like sustainability, that might even become a criteria to do business with your customers. So being able to 
clearly articulate what type of value from a strategic element your solution or this change could bring is, is I think, very important. And then lastly, it's about personal value. And that's something that is, that is maybe not always prioritized enough in our engagements. What value am I going to bring to that individual I'm working with? And we have seen that many folks, they actually grow their careers because they, they made a successful decision about a solution or, or what have you. And so by being able to explain what personal value your solution or yourself can bring to the people you're working with, that is an incredible asset. That's an incredible differentiator to build even more sponsorship for yourself or for your company with, with the company you're trying to do business. And so the third thing is about explaining the how. How you will navigate and help them navigate through that change. What is the roadmap to success? What will that look like? Demonstrate the best practices. Explain how others have done it, for instance. Explain the process in detail. Like, this is, this is how we're going to go through it. And, and make sure it maps to, to also their understanding. So that's important. So it's really about leading with the why, always lead with value, and be super articulate in how you are going to navigate through that change. Thank you so much for uh, explaining. Now, you know, you know that we are, especially during this COVID time, we have changed the working environment. Most of the companies are going remote. So how much of this is changing in the remote environment? It's completely changing and it's, it's getting so much harder. It's clear that we will not go back to how it was, let's say, five years ago. This pandemic has accelerated digital transformation across all of our industries. And, and I think it really is changing the game. Some of the sales, I think the sales will actually become a hybrid engagement. Many, many customers have now realized that you can achieve a lot just through those online meetings. And a lot of companies have also realized that, hey, their sales are even more productive by reducing travel. Now, of course, some of those engagements will still require on-site visits. But the sales process itself is, I think, going to be more and more digital with some, let's say, in-person engagements. And that will require a lot of change management, a lot of coaching of our sales, probably even hiring new types of sales. And we need to set our people up for success. So for instance, at Microsoft, we are on this journey where we are doubling down on more online experiences and to get our seller productivity up. The advantage of digital sales, for instance, is, is something that, that where AI can actually support you to be much more effective in the moment, in the conversation. So imagine that AI would be listening in your conversation and based on the conversation would personalize an offer and give you a couple of options that you can on the fly suggest to, to the person you're talking to. So, so that's awesome. You can be so much more effective. Your credibility can increase because of those systems that will help you as a seller in all your engagements that you will have with your customer. Uh, so there is a lot of positiveness in there and, and it's a matter of embracing it and, and changing some of the, the habits. And so the, the principle of building connection, establishing credibility, leading a change, that will remain. But the way you interact or the channels you will be using are going to be different. And I think that with going more and more digital and say online using Teams or other technologies, you will have to be much more mindful of the experience that you are creating for your customers. So that personal connection is going to be even more important. And so that's why I think that those human skills to create more personalized and personal experiences will be critical. And, and the question I would have is that, are we ready to coach our sellers and to guide them through that change? Are we 
enabling our sales leaders to embrace that cultural change and to coach their sales reps to become all leaders. I know that if you embrace more leadership qualities, your sellers, they will become more successful. And because again, I believe that the best sellers, they are leaders and we really need to push and create a cultural change to embrace all of that now even more than before. Absolutely, Laurent. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was a bit skeptical uh, when we took this topic up because, you know, leader is a very generic term. But thank you so much for enlightening our audience with what exactly, you know, a leader means in the sales and marketing environment. It was very insightful. So are you in agreement with me that every salesperson should be a leader? Absolutely. I'm 100% convinced. And I'm sure most of our audience would also be convinced. Yeah. A little message to the audience like, We'd love to engage with, with you if you have some ideas. We'd love to learn from your experiences as well because I think we're all on a journey to really embrace uh, the, those leadership qualities to be more successful in our sales engagements. Absolutely. Lauren, if anyone wants to get connected with you, how can they get connected with you? Well, I, I think the easiest path would be through LinkedIn. So uh, definitely reach out through LinkedIn and we, we can get uh, in touch. Absolutely. And I know you have already mentioned about a TEDx episode uh, with Simon Sinek, but is there a specific book, a blog, or newsletter, a website, or a video that you would recommend to our listeners? Well, one book that made an impression on me recently was um, Extreme Ownership. It's, it's actually written by a Navy SEAL. I don't know about you, but like, I, I like some, some of those, maybe the, my, my boyness, like I love those action type of stories. But what I really liked is, is that he, he was using his experience from the Navy SEALs. He was translating that to business. And so that's definitely a book I would, I would recommend reading, like uh, Extreme Ownership, which is all about like everything is your fault. As a leader, it is always your fault. Something goes wrong. It's not about necessarily the people who maybe made a mistake. It's kind of you to own. Maybe you should have done something differently. You could have explained it in a different way. You could have done more coaching or whatever. And I honestly, like in the last years, I've been challenging myself in every situation. Like, ah, it's my fault. What could I have done differently in order to get another course of events? So Extreme Ownership is a book that uh, tells you a little bit more about that principle. I'm definitely going to read that book because even I, in my professional life, I try to learn from myself, take ownership. So thank you for recommending that. Lauren? Would you like to give a shout out to any three people in the B2B tech who lead go-to-market or ABM teams, you know, who would like to be a part of our show? Yeah, there are a couple of uh, people that I'm, I'm thinking of, um, especially from the Microsoft ecosystem as well. We have a, a gentleman named uh, by uh, Jeff Peterson. He's an awesome, awesome guy. He's been uh, for a long time in GE and now he's leading our uh, our customer and, and solution success for business applications in the United States as an area. And he brings a great perspectives on how to be successful in organizing a go-to-market and really landing that successfully in market. There is a lady where I'm working very closely with Stacy Peterson. She's our account-based marketing leader. She has a lot of great insights on, on the transformation we are undergoing when it comes down to... Uh, digital marketing, account-based marketing, and uh, she has a, a great perspective that could be valuable for the community as well. And then there is a personal friend of mine, Matthias de Groo. He's a Belgian fellow 
and, and he has been involved in, in a lot of larger companies from a sales perspective, HP, Dell, EMC, and so on. But recently, he joined a startup in AI, and he's now the global commercial lead, and he's, he's really kind of shaping up like from a, a great idea from a product perspective. How are we going to bring this to market and how are we going to drive sales, marketing and making sure we, we drive consistency around our value proposition and so on. So definitely great perspective to share also with this, this community. So those are a couple of folks top of mind. Thank you so much, Lauren. Once again, Lauren, thank you for being on our show. I really enjoyed having you on our podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 